0: My Get Up and Go on SAFM. Influential people doing well in their respective fields. Now, Zoya Mabuto is an award-winning public speaker and two-time Southern African public speaking and evaluation champion. And she is the founder of Zoya Speaks. Zoya, a very good morning to you.
1: Good morning, Tanya, and good morning to to your listeners.
0: Now, uh, Zoya, let's start with your get-up-and-go. What is your daily routine that gets you up and going?
1: So my daily routine involves just kind of I wake up in the morning and I take what I call cleansing breaths Mm -hmm. because because I think it's important to, one, just acknowledge the the fact that I have woken up. I've woken up. It's a brand-new day. So when I take those cleansing breaths, for me, it's always this kind of, I'm acknowledging that I'm still here. I'm mm. still here to do my work. I'm still here to be alive. You, you know what I mean? I'm alive. I'm yeah. here. So I take cleansing breaths. And then, you know, other days, it's its a little bit of exercise. Other days, it's a walk. Um, and other days, it's just a manic, mad rush as I help to prepare the kids to get to school. <laughs> but for me, fundamentally, like is just waking up and taking those deep cleansing breaths that I feel like for me, just help me to, to, to almost program myself for what's to come. Mm. Uh, it's, it's that moment that I have to myself, that quality time I have just with myself where everything is just quiet. And I'm sure you can appreciate this because you, you you're up so early. Yes. But there's just stillness and, and, and you can just take that in almost
0: absolutely and you know you grow to appreciate that these hours of the morning uh, they represent a very different world from the one where everybody's awake they're on the streets they're driving it's quiet and and there's just a sense of peace you know at this hour of uh, the day and you become so accustomed that you know when you start driving during the day it becomes a bit weird because you're not used to people around you because you're always up so early now Zoya you are a professional speaker you're a facilitator and public speaking coach talk to us about how you're journey in public speaking started what inspired you
1: so i mean i always say especially when i stand up to speak i say i was born to do this so this didn't um this didn't just sort of happen out of the blue or randomly uh the one thing that's always come naturally to me is this ability to stand up and speak and i think over the years and as i was growing up i realized that it wasn't just about standing up to speak but about the impact my speaking was having on, on, on the lives of, of whoever my audience was. But of course, I think the one thing I didn't do was to listen. And so instead of listening to this thing that was calling my name, I went the opposite direction and did what I thought was uh, was was expected of me. Mm-hmm. So I find myself, I think, in a corporate job. And I, and I know from the moment I'm there that this is not where I'm supposed to be. But, but I convince myself that, you know, sa- save up for this thing that's calling your name. And eventually, after 10 years, I decide... I don't want to, to, to be in a corporate space anymore because my calling is ready to step out there and, and to speak and to assist people to become better speakers. Mm. So, so my journey has really been like a, like a full circle. I've taken a 360 turn because I went from, from being clear that this is what I want to do. I've always been standing on platforms, um, you know, on a stage. I've always been doing public speaking, debating, et cetera. But somehow I go off that path and it takes me losing my self-esteem, losing my self-confidence, not even having this ability to raise my hand and to be heard. Mm. Where I go, this is not who I am. And, and eventually the choice becomes, do I choose me or do I choose what, what I believe <clears throat> or what I think is expected of me? And and for me, it literally became the fight for, for me, for me to step out and, and to do what I'm supposed to do. So in 2014, I, I, I leave the corporate space and I think, you know, um, after having joined Toastmasters in 2012, that that it, it affirmed that this is what you are supposed to be doing. So in 2014, when I leave, I decide I'm going to step out as a professional speaker. Mm. Something very interesting happens. You step out, and you have this notion of, I'm going to step out, and this is who I'm going to speak to, and this is what I will speak about. And then the market tells you something very different. Right. And I started realizing more and more that I'm not the only person who at some stage had lost the power of their voice, who at some stage had forgotten that the, the power and the energy and the amazingness I bring into into any space. And so I've made it kind of then my mission to say, how do I help others to really reignite that fire? How do I assist others to really find the power of that of that beautiful voice that's waiting to be heard, that's waiting to be shared, uh, you know, for impact and for power with others? So that's that's pretty much what I think
0: encapsulate this journey for me very very Um, powerful way that you've put it i like uh, what you say that you know you had to make a choice do i give up the security and the comfort of corporate or do i choose myself and my calling now in terms of what you've just uh, said right now and understanding what it is that you want to talk about or speak about when you do speak what was the one resounding thing that you said this is what i want to be about
1: you know, the one thing I, I, I want to be about is people. Mm. Because when I wake up in the morning, I always go, okay, what, what am I going to do today that's going to fundamentally make something of a shift? I'm not looking to make a, you know, a, a, a huge difference. It's, it's making small shifts in a positive direction every day. And because we are bumping into people everywhere we go, it, it, you know, my, my response was, okay, the work is going to be with people. And, and then I had to narrow it down to say, but watch with people. And, and the burning thing for me became uh, this concept of leadership, incidentally. How do, we, how do we lead? How do we lead ourselves? How do we lead ourselves in order to lead others? And so, you know, it, it has over time developed into a conversation around leaders. What does leadership mean? How do I show up daily? Um, what does my leadership do in the context of the impact I want to make? So I step out of somebody who speaks about, about leadership and very closely connected to, to people and, and, and how people are essentially, I think, who built to lead. Uh, others might disagree with me, yeah. but I, I, I see it in the experiences I have with every single client who comes into my space where I see this innate potential to lead. Others are doing it without even you know, being conscious of doing it. Mm. But, but leadership, I think, is what's calling my name because I see it. I see the salient power of leadership in people who aren't even aware they're doing it. But I also see it when people who are vested in, in being great leaders do it well. The power to transform through effective leadership that starts with self.
0: That is very powerful. Leadership starts with a self. And what do you think makes you stand out as a woman in business?
1: <laughs> it's very interesting because, and, and, and I mean, I, I hope that what I'm about to say is not counterproductive to the conversation around, you know, women and women power, etc. But I think any, any woman um, brings an energy that is essentially different, I think, to what males bring. And this is not to say that what what energy males bring is 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 bad or not good. Everybody, I think, brings brings something to the table. Women have got such a such a oof. We, we have such a, an an intuitive way of of doing things. And and when we listen to to the power of that intuition, um, you know, we we seem to, to do magic wherever we go. Um. So so I suppose what differentiates me differentiates me as a woman is not so much from other women, but certainly from, from people who are not women, from men, is kind of this this intuitive ability where I step in to a space and I'm able to kind of have have a not even a seventh sense, but like an eighth and a ninth sense. Uh where I can read beyond the surface and I don't know. When I speak to women clients Often, this is kind of what we all share, this ability to read below the surface. Um, And and when I have male clients, they bring different strengths. And it's not always to, to, to see things kind of beyond the surface. I think as women, that's kind of the salient power that we possess. I don't know if it's making sense.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And and when it comes to the work that you do as a public speaker, and, you know, as somebody who does public speaking uh, myself, I know that we, we always want to ensure that we are engaging our audience and that whatever it is that we are talking about is actually resonating with the audience. In in, in your experience, maybe you want to share with us one or two experiences where you had a great talk uh, planned out. You knew exactly what was going, uh, you know, to be said and what you were going to do deliver and when you got to the actual setting things changed and you had to adapt quickly
1: well that's a great question from your side so when I started the journey um, I was somebody who, so I've been coached sort of through Toastmasters Mm. and and so I was using that that guideline and I was using you know um, that guideline to put together these, these speeches and I would step up and I would deliver the speech and you know Audiences are very are very tricky, right? Mm-hmm. In that, you know, we're constantly wanting to, 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 to make an impact, uh, to respond to audiences, et cetera. I went from delivering speeches I had written for myself in the hope that somebody would be inspired, in the hope that somebody's life would change, to to allowing myself to become a bit more vulnerable with my audiences. So uh, I, I realized that if I pin down this speech word for word, I'm so hung up on trying to remember the speech and on engaging with what's happening in the room mm. so So the lessons I learned so so you know instead of answering your question to say, "How did I handle that moment?" what I have learned over time is that audience response or your audience in, responding to you is directly proportional to you listening to what your audience is giving you. And so for me, it has been about, how do I listen more to my audiences? Because we're right. always getting feedback. And how do I incorporate that feedback to, to, to become the better speaker, um, to respond with agility when something doesn't go the way I had anticipated. And I've found that when I respond in that way, it actually serves me and my audiences a whole lot better. So yes, I've had instances in, at the beginning, of, of of the journey, where because I was so hung up on what I wanted to do and, and and not really committed to listening to what my audience was saying, um, you know, things didn't go quite as planned. But the response over the years has been to say, okay, have a basic structure. But within that, make room to incorporate the feedback your audience will give you. Somebody's on a cell phone while you are speaking. You get distracted. You're still trying to remember your speech. But when you see somebody on a cell phone and you're willing to sort of, from a structural point of view, accommodate that, walk up to that person, make them feel included, ask a question. Hmm. But respond to what is happening in your space so people feel engaged, people feel like they are being listened to.
0: And I like the fact that you're saying that, listen, we so hung up on speaking that we forget about listening. It is a very, very important skill. What for you keeps you going and motivated on a daily basis in this current journey of yours?
1: (laughs) You know, for me, it is, I'm a mother to two young girls. So on the one hand, it is ensuring that, you know, the work I do can, can contribute somehow to a world that looks a little bit better for those girls. And, of course, in an African sense, you know that when you're a mother, you aren't a mother to just your two children. Um, your, your perspective around mothering is, is that I'm mother to all, not just to mine. And so that's the first kind of big drive and motivation for me, that I have a responsibility to create something of a better world for these children, all of them, my biological children, but every single child who comes onto the earth. That's the first. The second is i'm motivated by people um i love i love people and i always walk around and i think the one thing we don't realize is that everything is energy you know people people carry sort of this this energy you know as i was getting ready for for this interview uh, i was getting dressed and you know that thing in winter where you're very static and sometimes if it's dark, you can actually see the, the, the energy. I don't know if you, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But you can actually physically see this energy, like light sparks, sparks of light. Yes, yes. And, and for me, I go, that, that's who we are. We're so divorced from it, we don't realize it. And in not realizing or owning it, we, we almost lose the power that we have. If you could see yourself as this kind of, you know, force of fire or energy or light, how you step out into the world would be completely different. And I feel like, you know, that, that's what we don't realize. In the work I do, um, you know, I say, all I want to do is I want to put energy into unleashing your power. You know, mm. because that's, that's, that's what I see. I see energy when I see the next person. So so that's my second kind of get up and go. But the third is just when you wake up to to, to, to what your calling is, to what your reason for breathing is, you can't but do that thing. So, mm. so I think Zoya speaks and the work I do is a calling I don't get to shake. It's not something uh, you know I do that today and tomorrow it's changed. It is who I am every single day all the time until the end of time.
0: Until the end of time. And for you uh, right now Zoya what are your aspirations in terms of how you want to impact people?
1: <laughs> I mean it is, there's a wonderful lady, uh, Ma- Meg Wheatley, and she says, you know, when we talk about changing the world, we've got to ask ourselves, where is the world? And and often we think that the world is some out there place that's waiting for us to come and to do big things. And she says, the day we can, we can literally take that mirror and face it inward, she says, you realize that the world is where we are. The world is in my home. The world is in every community I get to interact with. The world is in, is in my, my, my child's play school. And so what it does is it says, how do I start to be conscious of, of the things I do, the words I speak every single day, all the time, and with whomever I interact? So for me, it's that mindfulness every single day when I wake up. I go, you've got to be mindful, sister, of every single person you encounter that person has got to leave feeling a little bit different after meeting you because you will somehow make an impact in their life and that's for me how I think I aspire to change the world. It's, it's what I do with what I have where I am.
0: Mm, it's what you do with what you have where you are and for you do you have like a, a, an inspirational quote or verse or message that you live by a type of a personal mantra?
1: Uh, so I have many, but, but I suppose the one I will share, because I think it's so important. I mean, I was listening to you earlier talking about some of the challenges in the education system, our teachers, etc. And and my one mantra, it stayed with me since I was in grade seven. We called it Static Five back then, mm-hmm. and I wore it on a T-shirt. I used to belong to a community called Junior Interact, and we used to step out and do sort of CSI-type initiatives. And the quote was, and I don't remember who the author is, so you'll forgive me for that. It goes, be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a harder battle. Mm,
0: very, very true. And we forget that sometimes we think it's all about us.
1: Of course, we think it's all about us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but this kind of, but also, you know, I tie to you, Umund, Umundu for me is kindness, because when you're kind, I see, I see you. I see you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Zoya, talk to us about uh, how you would advise somebody listening to you right now who's saying, you know, Zoya, I, I'm so inspired by hearing your own life story. I'm going through something very different. I'm discouraged. I'm demotivated because, you know, I have aspirations in life, but they have not yet materialized. And I fear maybe running out of time. I fear that they may never happen. How do you advise and guide somebody uh, that like that, that's sitting in that position, listening to you right now
1: okay so the first thing i would say is that fear is a wonderful place to be most people hear the word fear and 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 they allow it to 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 make them almost kind of just you know freeze don't don't do anything uh that the best thing i love to hear when i work with any client is i am nervous i am afraid because what you hear as fear translates to me as excitement that's the first thing so if you're feeling a little bit of fear, if you're feeling a little bit nervous, you're in the good place to start the journey. <laughs> That's the first thing I'll say. The second thing I will say, and this is inspired by, by um, you know, somebody who, who's a mentor to me, Lisa Nichols. She says, the antidote to despair, the prescription to radical success is, is action. Mm-hmm. you've got to take some kind of action. There's too many of us who say, I want things to change. I really want to make an impact. And then I go, okay, what does that mean on a day-to-day basis? And when we sit and we start to unpack the steps we need to take to make this happen, people sort of, you know, are, are left. people veer off on another tangent. It's easy to speak and to talk about the things we want to do until we're willing to say, what are the actions that I need to take to match what I say is when things start to change. So what do I say to that person? I say, one, fear is wonderful. Hold it in one hand because it implies that you can hold courage in the other hand. Do it with fear. But the second is until you're willing to say what are the practical steps I need to take, you've got to be willing to take action. And until you say that, nothing will change.
0: Thank you so much, Azoya, for joining us. How do our listeners connect with you on social media?
1: So, uh, I've got a website, that's so it's Zoya Speaks, with an S, that's Zoya. Twitter handle is at Zoya Speaks. I'm quite active on the Facebook space. Everything Zoya Speaks. So, LinkedIn page, Twitter, a website, everything is Zoya Speaks, Z-O-Y-A-S-P-E-A-K-S. Zoya Speaks, Zoya. And then at Zoya Speaks, and Zoya Speaks on Facebook and LinkedIn.
0: All right. Thank you very much for joining us.
1: Thank you very much for the time, and thank you to, to to your listeners as well for 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 listening.
0: Absolute pleasure. Ten minutes before five
1: o'clock.